Hey, Bethel family! Thanks for joining us today as we engage Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. We hope this study equips you with wisdom as you engage your community, whatever you find yourself this summer. Seduction, temptation, adultery, and deathly fates. Like a really bad movie trailer, today's podcast on Proverbs 7 is a doozy. In fact, no one signed up to share their thoughts on this chapter. That's really weird. Well, this is Drew, and today I will be your daring tour guide of this Fifty Shades proverb that you probably awkwardly rush through. And that's okay, I get it. But let's slow down and consider a few things together. At first glance, this passage seems to be a dramatization of the slippery and destructive slope of adultery, and I think that's definitely true, and very literal. But I also believe that there's another way to look at this passage, a point of view that might be a bit more accessible to many of us. What if this passage isn't just about adultery? What if it's also about a dramatic capture of the subtle seduction and enticing pull of sin in general. There are, you know, when you think about it, many passages in the Bible that speak to the luring, tempting nature of sin. So what I'd like to lay out for us today is the setting in which sin thrives and how we can best combat that. And I believe that if we can understand all this, we can also stand a better chance to fight this fight successfully. So I'm going to jump ahead to verse 7 as we consider the who of this seductive setting. There are several descriptors here, but the one that really jumps out are these. The person that's being tempted is described as naive and lacking sense. And why is he basically called stupid? Well, according to verse 8, he is out in the middle of the night searching for an opportunity to sin. He's stupid because he thinks he's doing this in secret, hence doing it in the darkness. But the proverb writer, he's seeing it all unfold from his window. He knows the end of this man before the acts are even committed. He can see it all unfold. So that's the who. Simply put, the person who goes looking for opportunities to sin or even puts themselves in proximity to tempting situations, that person is naive, lacking sense, and ultimately they're stupid. Yep, I've been there and my wife would tell you that pretty well describes me. How about you? As we continue on, we notice that sin, also described as the adulteress, doesn't sit idly by. As soon as it sees opportunity, it comes for its victims. In fact, in verse 12, it sounds like sin is waiting, lurking, or as another passage might say, prowling around like a lion, looking for someone to devour. You know, whether we intentionally go looking for sin or not, when we put ourselves in situations that are tempting, the tempter who has been in waiting will take advantage. And verse 10 tells us that sin will come to meet us and it will come well-dressed, cunning, loud, and drowning out any common sense that we may still have left within us. And once that sin has our attention, our attention, it will lure us with enticing tactics. Look at this progression, starting with verse 13. Verse 13 says it seizes us with kisses. Then it flatters us in verse 15. 
in verses 16 through 18, sin creates this scene of sensuality that engages all the senses. It, it makes sure to engage as much of us as possible. And then finally, in verses 19 through 20, sin reassures the poor, stupid man who's being tempted that he is safe. He won't be caught and accountability and fidelity, they don't matter at all in that moment. So how could this naive, tempted soul, how could he have avoided all this? How do we? What measures could he and what measures can we take to escape this kind of destructive scene? Well, if we go all the way back to the very beginning, the author actually has laid out this solution super early on. And in fact, there's not only a solution, but there's also a helpful progressive formula that can empower us for success in this fight. Verse one and two, which can be broken down into two sections, an A and a B section, they lay out the formula for us. And it's as simple as this. Section A, obey God's word. How? Is answered by section B, by treasuring and cherishing his word. And if you're like me, or really most people for that matter, remembering God's word can be hard. And so that leads us to the third and final part of the formula. It says, bind God's word to your fingers, write it on the tablet of your heart. Or said differently, maybe this is more easily understandable. Keep God's word accessible. Set it to memory. Look at it often. Internalize it until it becomes a part of who you are. Here's the reality and some food for thought as we wrap this up. Sin is a seductive mistress who is relentless, merciless, and careless to the consequences. She is waiting for you, lurking in the shadows and seeking any and every opportunity to take you down. So my question for you is this, are you as a lover of Christ, equally relentless and vigilant in your mission to battle temptation, to recognize your settings and your weaknesses, to recall and claim the promises and the power of God's word as the authority of your life and the love of your heart. My friends, you have been given the tools necessary, but it's up to you to keep them handy, cherish them, and wield them in obedience. I pray that you do. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we encourage each other with the wisdom of God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to dive into God's word with you. We would also like the chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you will find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or in social media. Thanks, family. God bless you. Gracias y que Dios te bendiga.